Lecture topic: Intending Taqwa for Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadhi al-ladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل به فليس لله حاجه ان يدع طعامه وشرابه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen Mothers and sisters, it is the fuzzle and karam of Allah Ta'ala, His ihsan, His great kindness, infinite mercy that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with the Mubarak month of Sha'ban and we are heading towards the Mubarak month of Ramadan. May Allah Ta'ala keep us Fudafiyat, till we witness the Mubarak month of Ramadan and beyond and enable us to use this very very precious time in a very constructive manner Ramadan this very great and auspicious month of Ramadan should be very much in our conversation this should become part of our daily talk To some extent, Ramadan does become part of the conversation. For some it becomes a very big part of the conversation. Sometimes it is on the note that what preparations are being made in terms of the eats and the various delicacies that may be prepared for Ramadan the preparation of savouries and whatever else so as mentioned many many times that if these preparations are done in advance in terms of preparing some savouries and whatever else people normally do and the purpose of doing this is so that it will save time in the month of Ramadan on the one side, people probably look forward to these kind of uh, delicacies to eat in the month of Ramadan. Allah's blessing this is that Allah increases the risk of a mu'min. But if this is the purpose and object, that it will save time. And that time will be more, there will be more time available for ibadat that is for the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, for example, for tasbihat, for zikr, for dua, various other amal. So, alhamdulillah, no problem, very good. In fact, it's a very noble intention and this intention will be rewarded very greatly because this intention is linked to how to maximize the blessings of Ramadan for ourselves. So, that is one part of the preparation that becomes part of the discussion, part of the conversation, what has been done and what's still to be done and how many things are to be done. There needs to be moderation in this as well, 
but in itself it's fine, especially for the purpose mentioned. Then sometimes the conversation of Ramadan, the discussion of Ramadan is very much alive in a context that should never be part of the discussion. People sometimes are discussing what they are going to be doing in Ramadan in terms of things that are not in order. So now because Ramadan the timings might be different, there might be some change of routine. So now in between all that things are being slotted in which shouldn't be part of the discussion, the action in anything. There are those who plan and they discuss about which Ramadan fair they're going to attend and what they're going to do there, what they're going to try and buy from there, etc. Now that's got nothing to do with Ramadan. And these are distractions from Ramadan. Some people, before even Ramadan started, they are already planning their Eid in terms of what they're going to wear and where they're going to get it from, what they're going to do. We haven't yet started preparing for Ramadan, we are preparing for Eid, whereas the actual preparation for Eid is to prepare correctly for Ramadan and to spend the Ramadan correctly. Then that person truly will be able to celebrate Eid. The couplets that have been discussed many times in previous years, which are very inspiring, and help us to focus correctly on what is supposed to be our approach. Where the poet says, and some have ascribed this poetry and these couplets to Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jailani, rahmatullahi, the very great saint and great buzug of his time, very great wali of Allah Ta'ala, that he said these words, this is ascribed to him, that he compiled this few lines, where he said, لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ لَبِسَ الْجَدِيدُ إِنَّمَا الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ أَمِنَ مِنَ الْوَعِيدِ That in reality, Eid is not for the person who has worn new clothes. Eid in reality is for the person who has gained safety from the warning of Allah Ta'ala. Now, many a person is already planning what so-called outfit they're going to wear. But we haven't fitted our hearts out for taqwa yet. So now we're worried about the outfit, but when they preparing something, some business, some premises, so you go to fit it out first, then it will be functional. A person built a house, says now the house is built, but it's going to be fitted out. Going to put all the things in place, put the appliances in place and the various requirements in place, then this will be functional. Otherwise, it's not going to be functional. Business now, a person has to fit it out first. Now we worried about the outfit, but we didn't fit out the heart yet for taqwa. So now how are we going to be then celebrating Eid in reality? Is this going to be a namesake Eid? Meaning the Eid that connects a person to Allah Ta'ala, that becomes a Laylatul Ja'iza, a night of prize giving for somebody, that will happen when the Ramadan was spent correctly. Otherwise, even this is not in any way meant to say that somebody will lose their iman if they didn't spend their Ramadan correctly. A sin is a terrible thing, it's a, it's a very destructive thing, but if a person doesn't regard haram as halal, then that won't negate iman itself. So 
This is not meant to say that somebody's iman will be gone, but just on a general note, that even a Hindu, a Christian, a Jew, if they put on some kurta and they come and say they're celebrating Eid, they'll get some kind of excitement of Eid also. Now, somebody might just accommodate them, maybe some neighbor somewhere or whatever, might accommodate them, invite them to a meal. Not, I'm not saying this is what should be done. I'm just giving an example that Eid is nevertheless an ibadat. It must, the, the, the sanctity of the ibadat must be maintained. And we should be sharing things with everybody, but not compromising the sanctity of the ibadat. So in any case, that a person also says he's celebrating Eid, who can tell him, no, you're not allowed to enjoy this day? He'll enjoy it in his own way. But does that mean that he celebrated Eid? No, 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 he didn't celebrate Eid. He did something, he excited himself. He made himself happy. But he didn't celebrate Eid. How can he be celebrating Eid? Eid is an ibadat that the Muslim celebrates. That person who has spent Ramadan correctly. So just a namesake Eid anybody can celebrate. That doesn't make it Eid in reality. So now that Eid we are already talking about, what outfit we are going to acquire for Eid, we didn't fit our hearts out for Taqwa yet. And Eid is for the person who has acquired Taqwa. Because that's the whole object of Ramadan. Person came to school, came to Madrasa, so they came every day and went. Every day they clocked in in the morning and they clocked out in the afternoon. So now the whole year passed, they were clocking in and out, because the clock keeps ticking all the time, doesn't stop. So now they're clocking in, clocking out. Now the end of the year came, so they want a prize. They want a certificate. For what? Says, no, well, I finished the year. Says, no, you came and went. You spent the time, but the exams you have failed. You didn't write the exam to start off with. Or if you wrote it, it wasn't done satisfactorily. You haven't scored the necessary marks for passing. So you will not get any certificate. You will not get any prize. You will not get any recognition. Because though you came and went, you clocked in on time, clocked out on time, but you achieved nothing. So likewise, mashallah, the month of Ramadan, we're clocking in, clocking out, the clock is ticking all the time person has kept fast, alhamdulillah, he'll get rewarded for the fast. person made tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, he'll get rewarded. All the amal he will do, mashallah, he'll get rewarded. But the report card for Ramadan is about taqwa. The pass mark is for taqwa. If the person gained taqwa in the month of Ramadan, he has passed. Otherwise, he didn't gain the objective. So now this is the main thing that we have to focus on. So as we said, Ramadan must be very much part of the discussion, part of the conversation, but not this kind of discussion. That who is now already talking about so-called outfit for Eid, and somebody is talking about some fair, actually that is unfair towards Ramadan, very unfair towards this auspicious time. That it becomes a distraction for people in the name of Ramadan, to be spending their time in things that will distract them from Ramadan. So, what should then be the conversation about? If it's not these things, so what we should be talking about? So the conversation and the discussion about Ramadan should be alive. It should be alive in our homes. It should be alive among our friends. 
wherever we have an opportunity to bring something about Ramadan alive in that conversation, we should do so. But about what? So somebody might, for example, in their home, among their friends, they might discuss that, Inshallah, this Ramadan, I want to try and increase the amount of tilawat. Now the intention obviously must be for Allah Ta'ala alone, but we add the intention of encouraging others, not to draw attention to ourselves, but to encourage ourselves and others. That this becomes a kind of commitment that now we will feel also that I encourage others, so now I got to try and do what I have to do, what I said I'm going to do. So that will become inshallah a means of us doing more. So now that becomes part of the discussion, that how much tilawat I'm going to make. So somebody says, no, I'm planning to make three paras. So no, I am going to try, inshallah, this year, that I'm going to make seven paras a day. Somebody is saying, I'm going to make ten paras a day. Somebody more, somebody less. But now we are bringing alive the discussion of Ramadan. Actually, this discussion starts two months in advance. In the Mubarak dua of Rasulullah sallallahu Allahumma barik lana fi rajabi wa sha'ban, wa Ramadan. What is this? This is Ramadan coming into the conversation from the beginning of Rajab. Rasulullah is mentioning the month of Ramadan. That's now the commencement of the conversation, of the discussion of Ramadan. That Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Shaban and enable us to reach Ramadan. Already this enthusiasm. Then the dua. So now this is all part of the, so to say, for our understanding, the discussion. Allahumma sallimni li Ramadan, wa sallim Ramadan ali, wa sallim huli mutakabbala. We should be making this dua after every salah, at other times, very earnestly begging Allah Ta'ala's help, so that we are able to conduct ourselves correctly in Ramadan, use the time properly, we are able to do more ibadat. So this should become part of the conversation, that what am I going to do? Then part of the discussion would be, somebody is aware that how much time we waste on some devices, whatever, we're going to tell them then. That Ramadan is coming now, we don't have to go and plaster this all over the place, but those who might be aware, our parents know about it, somebody else might know about it, so we tell them, that this Ramadan, I'm not going to be touching any device. I'm not going to be on any chat group, I'm not going to be looking at this, I'm not going to be touching it. Some might think this is an impossibility. How is this going to happen? So now, commit yourself that every time I want to touch a device, I'm going to touch the Quran Sharif. I'm going to hold the Quran Sharif, I'm going to open it, I'm going to recite it. Every time I want to touch some device, I'm going to rather touch one tasbih, take the tasbih in my hand, and start reciting on the tasbih, some tasbihat. Every time I want to touch some device, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to rather instead touch some kitab that's going to help me and motivate me, the Fazail Ramadan for example, or in some other way I'm going to now occupy myself in a way that's going to motivate me towards Ramadan. And if ever I'm going to touch some device, it's going to be under supervision to listen to some talk of deen, of somebody authentic, on a very controlled basis. Not the whole day now just gone in that, Ramadan is the ibadat of making tilawat. Listening to Qur'an Sharif also is excellent. And sometimes spent in listening to Qur'an Sharif also very good. But 
Now the bulk of the time is coming out in listening to some qiraat, which it's fine, very good in fact, rewarding. But the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, this is what the month of Ramadan is all about, to engage in tilawat. To listen to tilawat is also a great sawab. But actually making tilawat has its own greater benefit and greater reward. So now this is what this month of Ramadan is all about. This is what our conversation should become about. How am I going to conduct myself in this Mubarak month, maximize the time in a good way, earn the objective of Ramadan. So now in terms of acquiring the objective of Ramadan, Taqwa, we need to now start looking at all the things in our life and how this links up to taqwa, what we should be doing to enhance the taqwa in all these day-to-day things. Just to take a few examples, the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has this mentioned taqwa and the tongue in the same ayat. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا O you who believe, see Allah Ta'ala, adopt taqwa. And how? So among the things that's going to enhance taqwa is controlling the tongue. Speak that which is correct, which is straight, which is not in any way wrong. So now we have to make this a target for the month of Ramadan. And that will become the means of us, inshallah, keeping steadfast on this after Ramadan as well that we are going to keep very close control of our tongues. We are not going to allow the tongue to go out of control. Now, this has to become a target. We have to check and double check and plan beforehand. I am going to use my tongue very carefully. I am not going to use my tongue in a wrong way. In, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Mallam yada'a zuri wal amala bi." فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ أَيَّدَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابًا The one who doesn't forsake evil talk and evil actions. First on the list, evil talk. What's evil talk? Evil talk includes ghibad. It includes lying. It includes all obscene talk, vulgarity, speaking vulgar words. This is a terrible thing. A mu'min, person with iman, a person whose tongue is used to recite Quran Sharif, a person who utters the name of Allah Ta'ala with their tongue, a person who wishes to recite Durud Sharif upon Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and all these things is our life. This is what our breathing is all about. Our spiritual breathing depends on this. This is the oxygen that, that spiritually energizes our spiritual hearts. If a person is not taking Allah Ta'ala's name, not reciting any Durud Sharif, not reciting any Quran Sharif, not reciting any, then what's going to happen to the spiritual self? He'll die. So now this is the need that we have, the desperate need, more important than the oxygen that we breathe for our physical survival. For our Imani survival, we have to be breathing these amal, taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, reciting Quran Sharif. Now, in our Salah, we can't recite can't perform our salah without taking Allah Ta'ala's name. We have to start off with the takbir at Allahu Akbar. 
Then we have to recite Quran Sharif. Without reciting Quran Sharif, our salah is not going to be done. So even salah can't be done without taking Allah Ta'ala's name. Without reciting Quran Sharif. So this is our spiritual life all about. Now all this happens with the tongue. We can't even fulfill our salah without reciting Quran, without taking Allah Ta'ala's name. And how are we going to recite? We are going to recite with our tongue. There is going to be lip movement, there is going to be tongue movement. Without that lip movement and tongue movement to pronounce the letters correctly, that qira'a will not be qira'a. If a person just read in his mind, that salah is not valid. He has to verbally recite it. So, meaning the words must be recited with the actual movement of the tongue and lip. Otherwise, it's not recited. So now, this is how important the use of the tongue is for our dini survival. Now, that tongue which is so crucial for our dini survival, this becomes a means of our spiritual oxygen, taking Allah Ta'ala's name, reciting Quran Sharif, reciting Tasbihat, reciting Duru Sharif, and inviting people towards righteousness. All this happens with the tongue, by and large. Now that which is such an important limb and organ of the body and which becomes a means of such great spiritual good and is actually the means of our spiritual survival, does it make sense and can it be imagined that a mu'min will now soil that limb that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with in the filth of vulgarity? That's such a terrible thing. It's like a person now, he needs to eat with his hand, obviously. So he's going to eat with his hand. So before eating, but before picking the food, he's putting the hand into mess. And then now he's picking up the food. Can we imagine such a thing? But that's what unfortunately happens when a person engages in vulgar talk, obscene talk. That's what they're doing to the spiritual side of the tongue. Soiling it in filth, in dirt. So now we'll have to clean our hearts out because there's that rotten food in the pot of the heart. The dirty, stinking, rotten food which has rotten over time. So now the spoon of the tongue is dishing out what rot is in the heart. So we have to make sincere toba, beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, clean our hearts out, ex- excessive istighfar and toba. And then fill the heart up with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Excessive recitation of Qur'an Sharif, Tasbihat. Now when we will talk, we will talk things that are conducive to the Qur'an Sharif. That are conducive to the name of Allah Ta'ala. Then the month of Ramadan also will be careful. Otherwise, if this becomes the way a person conducts herself, himself, then even the month of Ramadan will come, but that filthy talk, Evil talk won't stop. And the entire blessings of the fast and the purpose of the fast will all get defeated. And as you mentioned that in this ayat Allah Ta'ala has linked taqwa and good speech. Linked it up. That this is the path of taqwa. When Allah Ta'ala gives a command, very often there's something that follows which is a means of achieving that command of Allah Ta'ala. So like in the ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, Ittaqullah, ya ayyuhal ladhina amunu ittaqullah, that's a command. Adopt taqwa. 
So Allah Ta'ala gives us a prescription that will enhance the acquisition of taqwa, that will help to acquire the taqwa. In this ayat, the prescription is, In various other ayat, there are other aspects as well. But this particular aspect is what we need to bear in mind for now, what we are talking about. Likewise, another very important aspect in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَلِبَاسُ taqwa ذَلِكَ khair." That libas also, clothing, garments, attire, there's an attire of taqwa. There are garments of taqwa. Allah Ta'ala says, that is best. That is what you should adopt. Don't adopt what's going to compromise taqwa. And what's going to be compromising taqwa? Anything that compromises haya. Now let us make this Ramadan a changing point in our life in terms of dressing. We are going to adopt taqwa, we want to adopt taqwa, we want to become among the muttaqeen, we want to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. The friends of Allah Ta'ala are only those who are the muttaqeen. This is Allah Ta'ala's declaration in the Quran Sharif. In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. Allah's friends, Allah Ta'ala's awliya, Allah's friends are only the muttaqeen. Nobody else. person can be doing a lot of a'mal, but if they don't have taqwa, Allah Ta'ala says they're not my friend. Now we want to become Allah Ta'ala's friends. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, وَلِبَاسُ التَّقْوَى ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ That the libas of taqwa, that is best. That is what should be adopted. Now as discussed on many, many occasions, this particular aspect as well has been discussed so many times. But we have to keep repeating it and keep repeating some very fundamental issues. Number one, we have to adopt Libasut taqwa, the garments of taqwa. Because Allah Ta'ala wants us to do this. And we want to acquire taqwa, then the taqwa, one of the requirements for that would be libasut taqwa. Then, in this regard, is that if a person is going to be compromising the haya, then the person is compromising the taqwa. And then the objective that we are setting out to acquire, that's going to be difficult. We want to become muttaqeen, we want to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Which Muslim is going to say, which mu'min is going to say, na'udhu billah, thumma na'udhu billah, that I don't want to become Allah Ta'ala's friend. Every mu'min has it in their heart. They want to be Allah Ta'ala's friend. Some are feeling they caught up in this, caught up in that, they're feeling so to say shy. Na'uzubillah. Whereas there's no shyness and embarrassment in coming back to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala loves those who come back to Him, who abandon the ways that they might have fallen in, which took them away from Allah Ta'ala. And they come back to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are wide open. And the acceptance of Tawbah is wide open. So this is what we have to now come back to Allah Ta'ala. And adopt libasut taqwa. Now the thing about libasut taqwa was, that we meant to say was, that how we are going to be able to judge what is libasut taqwa. I mentioned this example previously also. Some person went some part of the country, I won't take the name now. So there was a very strange sight he saw there. Not that he probably was deliberately wanting to see it, but accidentally he was noticing it time and again and then somebody he asked them they said no that's the way it is here what the story was there were many 
females who would dress in long dresses. But how long? Maybe just some way below the knee. So some way below the knee, that is how they would, the length of the dress would be. This is going back, I can't remember how long now, maybe 20 years story this is. A little bit more perhaps. 25 years, 30 years story this might be. So he saw now this is a very strange thing. They are wearing now this dress up to around maybe just a little bit lower than the knee. But they don't have any izar, any pant, any lower garment that they are wearing. So the leg from beneath the knee downwards is uncovered. But this person has got a scarf on her head. So now we can't say that the scarf on the head is wrong. That's right. Though Allah alam how it was used, whether it was serving the purpose or not. But the scarf on the head was a positive thing. But now the leg from beneath the knee is all uncovered. So now he is trying to reconcile this. The scarf on the head shows some kind of dini consciousness. Whatever level it is, it's a very low level because now that is not really serving the purpose properly too. But there's some level of dini consciousness. And if that much of level of dini consciousness is there, that the person has worn a scarf, then that much of dini consciousness would have had this much of realization that I can't be having my leg uncovered. And I'm walking in public. So in any case, when he saw this by chance a couple of times, he inquired from somebody, this is a very strange thing here. He says, no, that's regarded as somebody who has piety in them. That person is a pious person. She's a very good person. She's regarded, she's wearing a scarf. Others don't wear any scarf also. The legs are uncovered too, and they're not wearing any scarf as well. She's a pious person. Now that became a mark of piety, that a person has a scarf on her head, even if some hair is sticking out here and there, and despite the fact that her leg is uncovered, but that's a person who now has been labeled pious. Now, it sounds like a very laughable thing, but if we consider how many laughable things we have said is okay and part of being a good Muslim, it's not a problem. A girl can be wearing jeans and tops, but she has a scarf on her head too, she's a pious person too nowadays. That jeans and tops, it compromises haya far more than what that lady had, her leg uncovered, but the rest of the body was covered decently. So that was a big problem, that the leg was uncovered. But the rest of the body was covered decently, so the level of haya was still better than what it is today. Far better. Though that was a problem, it was a big sin, not in any way condoning that, what was uncovered, but the rest of the body was covered in a way that far exceeded the extent of haya nowadays. And nowadays it's Ramadan, so now there's a little bit of more care in some regard. But the same garments are being used in, whether it's within families, within homes, etc. Perhaps in some situation there's a cloak to cover it up. But other than that, whether in front of father, father, brother, son, uncle, whoever it might be, and sometimes beyond that too, the kind of garments that are used don't conform to the dictates of haya, don't conform to libasut taqwa in any way. But now whose definition of taqwa? Not ours. The definition of haya, whose? Not ours. What is the definition of haya in the light of Quran and Sunnah? 
What was the definition of haya that Rasulullah taught to the ummah? That the azwaj mutahharat understood. That the sahabiyat realized and understood. And what they carried out and passed on. And what the pious people of the ummah in every era understood and carried forth. That is the definition of haya. That is the definition of libasut taqwa. Now this Mubarak month of Ramadan, the month of Ramadan is for taqwa. The month of Ramadan is to acquire this great wealth of taqwa. So now just as we are going to now be very careful about our tongue, that we don't speak anything that is going to destroy this taqwa, that's going to affect this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, that's going to take us far away from Allah Ta'ala. Let us make a conscious effort from now, not from Ramadan commencing, from now. That all these garments that don't, are not conducive to libasut taqwa. Obviously, there's a certain degree of relaxation within the confines of the home. And if it is, even in the presence of mahrams, male mahrams, there's a certain degree of relaxation as compared to outdoors, out of necessity. But there are still certain limits. And unfortunately, those limits have been very seriously compromised on a general note. Illa mashallah. Now that is what we have to reverse. And unfortunately that slide is as mentioned on numerous occasions that if we don't halt this and start turning it around the other way, if we try to keep it where it is, we're going to slide further. We're going to have to turn it around. So now this manner of dressing which cannot be described as libasut taqwa, which has become the norm, which cannot be described as being conducive to haya. We want to acquire taqwa, we are going to have to change this libas as well. We want to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala, we are going to have to change this manner of dressing. Otherwise we can't acquire this taqwa. So let us now make a conscious decision. Somebody needs to become the catalyst the means of moving this forward. How? Make a decision in your life. And express that decision clearly and openly to your friends, to your family members, to others, that I am now going to be adopting certain manner of dressing which conforms to the requirements of Haya, that don't resemble the styles and the ways of the Western manner of dressing, the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. We have a lot of things that we are we are expressing from time to time that we have no way that we have any love for the Yahud and Nasara, but we adopting their ways like as if that is the best thing to do Nauzubillah. So in particular is the matter of the garments and clothing and attire. Let us make that decision now that this will change, this Ramadan will change it forever. We are going to be now come conscious of the way we dress. Avoid all the kinds of garments and dressings that is not conducive to haya, conducive to taqwa, that is in emulation of the ways of the kuffar, the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Inshallah, this will be a very big step in acquiring this great wealth of taqwa for which this entire month of Ramadan has been blessed with. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq that we truly conduct ourselves in a way that Allah ta'ala becomes pleased, Allah ta'ala fills our hearts with His muhabbat, we acquire this great wealth of taqwa and we live with it throughout our lives. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept one and all. Allah ta'ala enable us all to do that which pleases Him at all times. Save us from everything that earns His displeasure. Allah ta'ala keep us steadfast on deen.
keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam till our last breath. Take us on perfect Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with perfect Iman. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This will be the last program for now till, until after Ramadan. So during Ramadan also, unfortunately, we will not be able to continue with the program because of travel, etc. But inshallah, after Ramadan, the program will continue. Allah Ta'ala accept one and all. Allah Ta'ala bless all with His muhabbat and grant us all every khair and barakat and afiyat. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم سلمنا لرمضان وسلم رمضان لنا وسلمه لنا متقبلا ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله